Welcome everyone. All right, it's about that time. What is it for? Podcasting. Today I am going to discuss art, things that I'm working on, working on completing. Anybody out there done a documentary before? I haven't. Okay, so it is a job. I got the data now. I have to nourish it. And before I go any further, thank all of you. Thank all of you. Thank all of you for coming. This podcast, I'm going to tell you what I've been discovering in my multiple multitasker type of living. Meaning that I have multiple skills. The great thing about this COVID-19, this everyone staying home, me still on a quarantine, about to get out of quarantine very soon, folks. Gotta stay home. Yeah, it leads me to have a variety of thoughts. And sometimes there's positive. And sometimes, well, if you're an artist like myself, you understand about focusing. Sometimes we be so off focus and focus on everything but the thing that we visualize doing. And the great thing about, well, COVID-19 and the whole quarantine situation, I don't think it's good that people are getting sick, you know, and shit like that. I actually, because I'm in quarantine, it's because, well, I travel cross country, so let's get back to the documentary that I said, do anybody got any advice? Because I did some things like, okay, I actually went cross country. I actually did some interviews with the shelter where I used to reside at. I actually got to help people off the street. Yeah, so the name of this documentary is called, what is it called? The Homeless Community in Las Vegas. And I kept running into the Homeless Across America community. On the bus, I kept running into them. And some parts of me felt like if I was walking, I would have ran into these people. But I admit it, I was scared to get out. Like, okay, for example, I went on the bus this particular time. I was on my way to the Mexican bus on 6th and Wall Street downtown LA because my flex bus got canceled yeah they owe me money and they still ain't paid me I'm telling myself don't hold my breath but that's just something I seen was the amount of homelessness that's surrounded on 6th and Wall Street in East LA in this station that I went to it was the Mexican bus station it's a luxury they call it a luxury limo. It's a charter bus, y'all, but it's actually better looking than Greyhound. I have to tell you, but that's not really saying the highest. Because I've seen semester Greyhounds, you can imagine, me who went cross-country, right? So let me go ahead and tell you. As I am on the cab, being that I'm not from L.A., downtown L.A., me and someone was both on the same mission to get to Las Vegas. He lived in Las Vegas. I just temporarily was going to be there to, to cover a story and to see what I can volunteer to do with the homeless community. But you know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with protecting yourself. I just think sometimes some artists who take chances, sometimes it really pans 
out very well. I spoke to a few homeless people um, as I was taking pictures of the Salvation Army shelter. Um, this is in North Las Vegas, Nevada, and they've definitely done a lot for the community and still doing a lot for them. And Al is one of the guys who I spoke to who was homeless and before he had his heart attack and everything, he was homeless, he said about two years before he actually got his housing. And he's made it sound like it wasn't a big deal. To me, that's a big deal. But he was so damn friendly. He even hugged me. Okay, yeah, he was flirting too. <laughs> I didn't really mind it. As long as he knew where the hands can only go so far before I, you know, reach out and touch somebody. You get me, ladies. Okay? Because nobody has the right to grope and grab regardless of what they like. Who gives a damn? You should give a damn because it's your body. So that's like my mindset. Then I met another guy named Angel. And um, they're both with two different nationalities, one Hispanic, Angel's Hispanic, Alice Caucasian, and they were so nice and they let me take pictures of them. And um, so let me get back to the LA story. Me downtown LA. God knows my heart and he knows why I was there. Besides, I was frustrated in a sense because I didn't understand why I was permitted to be in LA lost in LA but I wasn't because the person who was waiting for the LA Las Vegas bus we were on the same mission and he's from downtown LA so I wasn't lost folks I was frustrated for like a half hour because we realized the bus wasn't coming and we called a flex bus station and we found out guess who was not coming <laughs> guess who canceled oh you didn't get the email uh, evidently not to me who waited half hour on the phone trying to talk to a live person. Oh, that's frustrating too. But communication today is computers. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, it's irritating because it's like they can't think like a human, even though we know better do worse, some of us, but in communication, it's not interactive. It's not the same. I don't care what they say about these damn computers. You know, there's some good computers out there. It's just the ones that do customer service are really inefficient and anybody would tell you that that's why let's say if i call amazon i would definitely say live agent because i'm not going to literally talk to a, a, a thing no <laughs> who cannot operate and think and troubleshoot like a live person you cannot replace a live person they're working on it i think yeah okay that's maybe a little paranoid but they can't replace a live person it's not a smart idea because if you do that, get prepared to get really disappointed. Okay, so let me go ahead and continue. Me going to LA and me being scared in LA. I'm riding that cab and the guy who, his name is Lloyd, who was riding the cab with me, he took a cab with me to the Mexican bus station on 6th and Walnut Street in East LA. Yeah. He warned me. He said it's a city within a city. His name was Lloyd. I didn't know what the hell he meant. I never heard nobody say that before. I heard of Twin Cities and, you know, you, you read about that in books and things like that. But you don't, I've never heard of city within a city. really didn't know what he meant. Well, I found that out. As we rode past at least four, maybe six blocks of homeless people. I'm not talking one tenth, then maybe three tenths on one side of the block, uh-uh. Left, right, north, south, 
<laughs> if you went into the center, you would see nothing but tent, 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 tent. I've seen tents before. Hell, I lived in Vegas. I was homeless in Vegas. But Vegas, I have to be honest with you, their tents are not allowed to be like that. When I got homeless, I was in Vegas, they would put tents up, and I have to tell you, Metro will come out, which a part of me said, why? Because they don't want the homeless to be seen in the neighborhood around a three-mile a three mile radius. Yeah, that's about right. A three-mile radius, there's, not, there's one, two, three. There's three shelters in a three-mile radius. And you think people are not going to notice this shit? And Metro take it upon themselves to basically either they take the tent, throw it in the back of their truck, or they make the people leave. Like, you know what, I ha- what happens, right? They leave temporarily and come right back. But I didn't see no tents at all when I went to, when I went to the shelter at the Salvation Army. So... They, I guess Metro have their reasons. And me, who was on the other side of that, in a sense of being homeless, felt like that wasn't right. That wasn't fair, wasn't just. So I tell myself I'm grateful for the life that I have now. And I am. I am. I really am. I'm grateful that I have food. I'm grateful I have a roof over my head. I'm grateful that I'm not running from the cops. I'm grateful I'm not running from a... Someone who wasn't worthy of me, ex-husband. You know, there's a part of me that like got mad at myself because I eventually gave up on him. But I'm not, I'm not Jesus Christ. I'm being real for a minute. Someone who keeps hitting you, tormenting you, they're not worthy of the pain and the agony that it puts you in. And that's what I had to. In- I endure that for love and try to have a, a committed relationship and try to even consider having a family, even though when I find out he's a selfish, you know, son of a bitch. <sighs> That's when I realized you don't want to have a dog with him, let alone a kid. So <laughs> I wish that people say you wish people the best. And I just wish him the hell out of my life. And long as he's not in this life of mine, I'm happy. I'm at peace and I'm safe. So let's get back to L.A. So I seen all these people walking around, pushing their carts. Don't know, Lord knows how they got those carts. And really, this podcast is talking about art and different things that I'm doing. But I'm talking about my documentary. There's a reason why that I got touched, uh, seeing some news, some footage about Las Vegas. This happened. I don't know what day, but there's people who do, you know, YouTubing channels and everything and ask you to subscribe and I've been watching it I was watching it before I came to Vegas and I still watch it and this is one guy he lives somewhere in Nevada I'm not sure if he stays in Vegas or he just visit Vegas but he's the blogger that's saying and I'm staying in Vegas and I'm a Vegas blogger okay so I can't tell you his name right now it's not coming to hit but I am telling you he called it I'm staying in Las Vegas that's what he called it and he's a Vegas blogger he talked about this issue. Someone died on the strip, y'all. And yes, they were homeless. It hurt him. I can see the pain. And for him to talk about that was huge. He talked about, they called them transit people. They got a new name for them. I've only been gone four years. 
and they got a new name for the homeless in Las Vegas. Crazy. This is why they call them transit people. I don't know the whole reason, but the tourists dare homeless people to do stuff so they can get money. If you do this thing or you degrade yourself right, they give you money. There's some sick, sadistic people out there. Got nothing else to do with their time. This is what they call entertainment. This man drowned. Don't even know his name. They're not going to tell you his name. I'm going to look it up on the news so I can guarantee this not, his name's not on there. Don't know who this man is, who his family and friends are. It just, they said that he was, he drowned in the Bellagio fountains. For those who live in Las Vegas, they have a, a fountain that's really huge on the strip. They call it the Bellagio Fountains. It's beautiful. And they play all this music. It's the dancing fountains is what they call it. And it plays at certain times of the day. And it's not a lot of water. Um, I, that's why I was kind of shocked that he actually drowned. So they're talking as if the Bellagio is accountable or responsible for it. And the person who was doing the broadcast don't understand. And this is true. Their guards do not play. He actually was doing a broadcast at the Bellagio. Bellagio is an expensive hotel casino, by the way. If you look at the prices, let's say the Bellagio Hotel Casino. Compare it to, let's say, somewhere like Four Queens or Binion's on the Fremont Experience. It is a huge difference. Huge difference. We're talking within the hundreds. Sometimes thousands. It all depends on what they're getting. What's sweet? Depends. I even say the gold nugget. The gold nugget on the Fremont experience compared to the Bellagio. But it's really pretty. I, I have to admit it. You know you're in a, what they call a palace, a luxury um, place to stay. You know when you just walk in there looking in the restaurants or the stores to the dancing fountains. And there are super strict guards over there. And I've used to panhandle over there. Like I said, I was three years, almost three years chronically homeless. I've been all over that strip, penhandling. So I wouldn't penhandle on in the residential area because, well, people were too damn extreme for me. I've seen people penhandling with a sign in front of a bus. Oh my God. And these would be like pregnant women. At least they look pregnant. Remember, there's a gimmick. A lot of people lie. But that one particular girl I remember seeing standing out front of a bus. Well, yeah, she was pregnant. And everybody knew it. Young girl, too. Don't know what was the whole reason why. But most people stopped because she was pregnant. And she would literally be in the center of the street and everything. And they used to give a lot of money. I said, I had to hand it to her. She a lot bolder and braver than me because my scary ass wouldn't even walk up to people. I just sat somewhere with a sign. That's it. And with, with a change cup. I didn't go up to people because people are evil, sick, and sadistic. Just like what happened to this man. It's a giant possibility that, don't know who the tourists are, who dared this man to swim in the Bellagio Bridge. I mean bridge, Bellagio Fountains. And he's dead, folks. He's dead. And I almost can't believe that, to be honest. I'm not a swimmer. I'm a, uh, I had a girlfriend who taught me how to swim in Las Vegas, Nevada. We used to go to the hotels and use their pools. We learned the, the key, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The key um, scam. There we go. Because you're not supposed to do this. Because we lived in Vegas. 
all of us have been to like majority of the casinos and hotels. So they're rule in Vegas. I don't know what the rules are now, but long as you had a hotel key, they let you in up on their pools. Vegas is 120 degrees weather. I don't know what it is right now. I might check it out when I get off this podcast, but the point I make it is when you're homeless or you're in a shelter, they make you leave in the day. You come back in the evening. If you're not currently working, what are you doing? You're talking, and I used to leave like 5 in the morning. Catch the first 5.30 bus. Go ahead and panel. Early, on purpose. That's the time when the police is not out. Look, if you wanted to hear some tips about how to panhandle, I'll give you my advice. But if you don't have to do it, baby, don't do it. You know, this is how I feel. It worked for me, yes. I fought my way out of panhandling, in panhandling, and got a ticket, got the hell out of Vegas. And got what I really wanted, my peace, my security, my stability. Even though, yes, I had to work. Yes, I had to do certain things. It requires me to earn it. And I don't feel guilty about that. I'm actually proud of me. So if you were to panhandle in Las Vegas, Nevada, don't do it for a long time. I'm, I love to tell you don't do it, but people going to do what the hell they want to do. Granted. So let's get back to L.A. and me being scared. I'm from Detroit, Michigan, folks, originally, 313. Hi, folks. Those who are listening and who are from Detroit, you understand. Down to, in downtown urban city, Norway is not the most prettiest place, scary place. And you learn to hold on to your stuff and your life quick, like breathing, okay, to protect yourself for your safety and stability and well-being overall. So I got scared when I was in L.A., East L.A. So when I see all these homeless people, tent, 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 go four to six blocks, probably longer than that. I just know that after I pulled up, I was at the Mexican slash Greyhound bus station on 6th and Walnut Street, and the homeless did not stop. So I say maybe six blocks up. See, I don't know L.A. So I just took the cab quickly and got there maybe five, ten minutes. But the traffic is kind of bad, too. So, But those who live in L.A. understand it's really busy by Union Station, downtown L.A. So let's get back to me being afraid. I think if I would have went up to the people and spoke to them, maybe offered them some food and interviewed them, my um, research, my video would have been a little bit more informative. I couldn't go up to a three-year-old little girl that I seen, by the way. I seen a homeless little girl that I still advocate for, even though I'm being told in a very nice, polite way that that's not your child. And they talk about the rights of the grown adults that conceived and gave and is raising this child on the street versus her safety, her sanity, and her three-year-old life is being left out to dry. And then a, a cop was, me and the cop was talking and he was, his name is Tracy, very friendly, very understanding of where I was coming from and what my position is that I want to help because I used to be homeless and being as a child, I feel like it's a, it should be like easy as, as breathing to help this child. But you know, the reality is that child is someone else's 
kid. I'm not trying to take nobody's kid. I said, listen, case manager, I am, I'm not a case manager, I'm sorry. I actually told him, listen, officer, I'm not a, a case manager here. I'm not trying to cause any trouble, but she's in trouble. How can people not give a damn about this kid? How can these parents, these loving parents, no, they're not loving, I'm being cynical. I'm being a smart ass here all day. <laughs> that's the way I deal with stuff instead of crying about it, you know, because no one wants to hear you cry. Hell, I don't want to hear myself cry. So let's get back to me talking about the documentary. I believe if I would have took a chance, even though I might not have survived um, talking to these people, I'm not saying homeless people are, um, are killers are robbers, but you don't know what they are. All you see is their disposition. All you see is them living life, trying to get by, you know? And it's not nothing to be something to look at as, it's sad. And when I heard the story about that man who um, jumped in the water, he was called a transit person obviously egged on by the uh, tourists and they're not going to touch the tourists they're not going to touch the tourists because the tourists is vegas money of course they're not and money runs everything right especially in vegas casinos run every damn thing so they're not going to investigate someone some joe blow whoever he is and wherever he's from because you have people from every country of the world flock to that city you think you're going to spend that much manpower? Especially, I hate to say it, the homeless people. I just looked at the news. It's not even up in the news yet. I'm going to look again. Maybe I did something wrong. I'm only human now. I'm going to look with my devices. So I think if I would have approached them, see, this is my deal. If I don't feel safe, first reaction is to protect myself. And then estimate how much of a risk you're willing to take for this project. I wasn't willing to lose, everybody knows, telephones are so important now. Lose my camera. Heard people that's happening to people. They could have took it and hocked it. Not got much from it, but I'm just saying. I wasn't willing to sacrifice the thought of me being robbed, even if I was giving something away. Maybe I should have came better with giving something away. And maybe if the good Lord wants me to, I'll go back to Cali one day and go out and try to help the homeless people. But I would like to not do it by myself. Well, I ask God to help me. But um, so let me get back into my art. So I'm talking about the documentary. So I felt like if I would have took that chance, maybe just possibly uh, more, I would have got more than two interviews from homeless people that I actually spoke to, but I actually took their pictures. I didn't actually do footage. Only time I did footage was when I went to the Mexican bus station and just showed everybody the homeless situation. And um, I hope that homeless little girl, that somebody come along and help her instead of so busy looking at how they can support neglectful, abusive parents. I said the word abuse, people say there's different formats of abuse, and there is. A three-year-old should not have to live on the sidewalk. She should have a house to go to, a roof to put her head up under. In this great, strong country that we live in, 
this girl should not have to endure such a thing. And people say, well, you know, people are cynical, so they say, oh, well, you know California's expensive. Oh, yeah, no shit. Well, they knew that before they conceived her. I ain't trying to be funny. And then I'm going to be honest with you for a minute. A part of me feel like the law enforcement don't want to get involved because everything is ran by the state. Are y'all catching the undertone of that? That's their money cow. That little girl is their money cow. If you are a couple, let alone a parent or parent of a variety of kids, the state gives you money in California. The state gives you money, I think, in every state. So you listen to what I'm saying. You get rid of that little girl, you get rid of their income. You get rid of their so-called stability. Meanwhile, she's suffering in this abandonment, neglective situation that animals shouldn't even be in, this little girl's in. So I keep talking about the street and I keep talking about the area, just in case I got some California people or people going to Cali. If y'all see her, I can describe her. Pretty light-skinned, little short girl, three-year-old. They're not too tall, you know. Pigtails who are pink and blue. And she had a Barbie-generated Jeep car for something a three-year-old can drive. Who know it wasn't going anywhere. It, just, it was parked, but she was playing right in it. She came out of, literally came out of the next door of the tents. I didn't want to believe she was staying here. I'm talking about her because it has to be more people that hurt seeing her. See, it was a street. It was at least six blocks that I went by before I reached the Mexican bus stop. So this tells me there's other people that goes by and see this little girl every damn day. And not just a little girl, but all these people. And then people just give up. What I mean is I can't talk about the homeless people at, in L.A. because I don't live their life. I'm not in their heart or their spirit. I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking about people who make a choice to go past that whole scenery without trying to help these people. These are people. I'm going to say it again. These are people. That's it. Who in a tough, hard situation, horrible situation, a lot of us wouldn't allow ourselves to go through that. A lot of us have support systems, and you know what? You should admire and be grateful that you don't have to go through that. That's not your life. So I got all this information from, I'm talking about my documentary for the homeless. So I got information about L.A. now. Because <laughs> I got stranded in LA and I'm going to write a special bit for this little girl who I never met. Who I, I hope to God that she survives this because people die in this uh, trauma being homeless, just surviving. And those parents of hers, I'm angry at them. I'm not going to sit here in front. A part of me say, I'm not a mother, but I've, I have relatives that when they became a mother, a parent, there's a sense of accountability that existed with them that did not exist before. I mean, materialistic and all selfish and everything's about them. Kind of had the most expensive this and that and the other. When they became a parent, that shit went out the window and someone became priority over them. 
my part of me says this mother whoever she is this woman this father whomever he is if even if he's around don't even know if this is a single parent household I'm sorry tent hold you know such thing you're in a tent part of me says what type of people will purposely do this to their kid and the way this little girl was playing tells me she was used to this lifestyle this is her life i just have this belief that when you have kids that you want to be it's an honor it's a pleasure even if it hurts you do it because what you love them i don't even know her and i have this love for her this urgency when I seen her in this situation and I talk about it a lot because I'm troubled by it. Trouble meaning I'm hurting that the ones who gave birth to her, the ones who keep making an everyday choice to raise her, to so-called raise her, don't love her enough to sacrifice for her. It says a lot when you're allowing your child to be on the street and knowing and your child is right there. Y'all doing it together. That says a lot about your mindset, your system morality. For what I understand, the state helps out. California helps out far more than Nevada, for what I understand. Being that I have friends who stay in L.A., who stay in Las Vegas, not Las Vegas, I'm sorry, California, I was told California helps you out a lot. It's their services and opportunities for that parent or parents to get help for this for this family. But she's still out there. And the state ain't helping and making it worse. If there's a reason with an S reasons why back in the day, just in case y'all don't know. For y'all who've had grandparents and things of that nature back in the day, y'all understand what I'm making reference to. Food stamps. Assistance from the state. A lot of the people from back in the day looked at food stamps, looked at assistance from the state was a sense of shame. They'd rather work two jobs or more to make sure their kids is not connected to the state assistance because the way some of the people that work for the state is horrible. They're sick, sicker than sick, and ain't got no business having no damn job helping people. Or they hurt people more often than others. But let me go ahead and continue. So I kind of get it. Do you get why they don't? The old school people, I guess you have to talk to them, but they looked at it as being symptomatic, meaning that if they're already in the system, Their kid is not too far from being locked up. They're already in the system. And it's like the government owns you. So you have to understand why the old folks would refuse to do food stamps because they looked at it as shame. So I hate to say this, but you know what? It's called the truth. People who graze their kids on the state assistance I mean, completely, they have, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It could be both. I think it all depends on your situation, circumstance, and how y'all decide to handle it for those who are on assistance. (sighs) 
And a lot of us, you know, don't know how to survive and without the state helping us. So that's saying a lot about us, right? So I hope that y'all are understand where I'm coming from about this girl because, well, somebody need to hear me out. Because it seems like the people that gave birth to her are not hearing her out for her well-being. Because if that's the case, I would not have seen her. I would not have seen her come out that tent living her life. So, let's continue about my art. So, I'm working on a documentary. So, within that documentary, I am putting um, vital, important information out there. As well as poetry. Because poetry and creativity and words, that's my first love. So um, I've had the opportunity to write about my experience. I realized since I did the art project that I don't have to go to Vegas at all no more. I'm done with Vegas. I'm not going back to Vegas. I don't see a purpose in it. I once had a, a husband there. I don't even know if he's living. I, don't, I said a word because I don't know if y'all aware of it, how much of a trauma that homelessness is and how people do not survive from it. But... It's a chance that he may be dead. He may have killed himself. But I won't be cynical. Like, yeah, that's it. He killed himself. <laughs> I was like, no, he's too selfish for that. I, I refuse to believe that one. But um, who's to say he survived the four years? He used to depend on me, the penthouse, even though he hustled on the strip and wouldn't help me out. His wife. I had people who were tourists who were snapping on him seeing that he was my husband, and he was saying, oh, that's my wife. They're like, I don't believe you. It was so funny. I was holding it in. I want to laugh at his face, and I was still married to the man. <laughs> they said, why don't you help her? He was literally depending on me to make money. He really spent my money. This bit his money. This is one reason why we ain't together, because we were separate, but together. It was just nuts. So I stopped putting up with it, <laughs> you know? So it got so bad to where people outside the marriage, first of all, he shouldn't have said he was married to me. That looks really bad. You're standing there waiting for a tourist to come by to give your wife money so she can pay rent and get your ass off the street. Show you how selfish, self-centered and sick and cynical he was. Very much a sinner. <laughs> oh Lord. A man who didn't deserve my presence. Now today I'm an artist and I work. I can't wait to see the kids. I look forward to seeing them. And I like to think they look forward to seeing me. So let's get back to, we talk about the documentary and things, excuse me, that I'm, I'm doing research and I'm watching the news to see what's going on with Vegas. Because I can't help but care about Vegas because eight years of my life was there. And so, like I said, so forth as being homeless, people don't survive the homelessness like I did. And I'm really just realizing that. Um, it, I don't know if people are aware of the reality of being homeless. People do a lot of messed up stuff to the homeless community. It's not just not giving them money. Oh my God, no. It's not trying to kill them or look at them like less than people. <laughs> They don't, people don't always do that. Just like this guy who died because of that in, in, um, on the strip of Las Vegas. Drowned. Very hard way to go. Drowned on the strip, the Bellagio, the Dancing Fountains. Dead. Just happened. 
So, because he wanted some money and these tourists were egging him on and saying that if you do this, if you make it to the other side, we'll give you so much money. Fucked up, ain't it? But that was their form of sick, sad entertainment. And there go that man's life. Gone. So, let me go ahead and go forth and talk about my art. I talk a lot about Vegas. I can't help it. A lot of frustration when it comes down to homelessness because I feel like we can do more better than what we've been doing as a people, as a society. But whatever you can do, please do it. Don't forget about those who've been shown out in society and people who take advantage of the homelessness. People. They're people. Let's not forget that. I want to keep reiterating that because I think we lie to ourselves to separate ourselves. To make ourselves feel good and, and like not feel not feel their pain, their anguish, you know? And it's so close to us. So let me go ahead and talk about my other art piece I'm doing. I'm doing an art project, yes. Art gallery show, yes. August the 12th through the 16th at Knights Park in Collinswood, New Jersey from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. I am working on a miniature city. I call it, it looks like it's coming out to be like a, incredible looking park to be honest but um it's displaying my work and it's coming out better than I ever thought it would um and it's still growing and I'm still learning different things like today I learned how to make a billboard a wall billboard trying to tell you I want to tell you how I did it I took something that I have an abundance of anybody else out there got abundance of cardboard me too so I took that and I have some glitter paper and I glued it together, bind it with some tape to where I can stick this on and then the background will be this beautiful, almost like a pink, like a hot pink, no, not a hot pink, a little darker than that, but it's a beautiful um, backdrop that would have represent my work as well as, yeah, basically represent my work. So this life-size community that I'm doing, you know, I have houses and a variety of things. I try not to tell you everything. Because I want to leave some surprises, but I'm proud of myself because I, I made a billboard out of cardboard and glitter paper. Do you ever heard of glitter paper? I never have. I was looking in CVS, you know, local drugstore, and it's called Arches Skills 10-Pack Glitter paper make projects sparkle. When I seen that, I thought one day I might need it. Me who's never done, well I've done these boards before, but every time I do it, it's like it's coming out better and better and better. So that's motivation for me. And also it's going to represent my display of work as well as the community of people I'm going to have on the board. So, and I'm gonna, I wanted to make it sparkly on purpose, besides the fact I love sparkle, but also because I'm just, it's gonna be at night. So it's need to be shiny. And of course I wanna have lights on it, but um, I wanna have lights on everything. I look forward to doing this. And if you're coming to this event, please let me know. And um, by the way, it's free admission, but it's, everything is, on sale from two dollars to one hundred dollars. I have is two dollars hold up to five twenty five 
and $100. Everything has a reason for the price. And um, if $2 is something you can do, okay. If $5.25 is what you can do, okay. $6 is what you can do, okay. Whatever it is that you can do, um, you come along. And if I don't have it, or let's say you want it in a different type of size, or you want the picture blown up or something to that extent, um, you can do an order, yes, an order in the future. You pay for it. If you know what, if I trust you, you trust me, we could put up a deal. Well, I agree to produce this particular piece that you want for a certain particular price that we agreed on. Sign some papers and it'll be yours. You know where I live at, so it's not like I can run from you, but <laughs> I'm not trying to run from you. My whole thing is I want to produce a product that can be in your hand as accessible. Because as a person who is a buyer, knows the frustration of buying something that is not put in your hand. So definitely, I try to inform the customer, get a decent price where there's a win-win situation for the both of us. Not just for the consumer, but for the person who's the merchant, me, myself. So, I haven't done any teaching lately. I want to do it with my library i heard they are open i actually talked to them and i don't know when they're going to even allow something like that to happen me to teach but i would like to have that opportunity i would like to teach of course the kids so once i'm done with this board i cannot wait for the kids to see it once i'm done with this board it has so many different things i'm trying not to tell you everything but this board tells on me how i grow up what era that I grow up, how old I am, or at least get a good assumption of how old I am. I'm definitely over 21, folks, over 31. <laughs> so um, this board tells on me about my imagination, what I find fun, what I enjoy, and what I enjoy having in my atmosphere. I think that's all I'm going to tell you about the board and how it's going to display my art. It's different things that I've created and that I have, of course, I have for sale. With all that being said, I thank you all of you for tuning in and hearing this podcast about art, the trouble of art, the trouble of my art, and the trouble of my heart and the things that I deal with and things that I, that hurts me, that um, push me to pursue my passion and my purpose. I want to do your art do that for you. Do your art pushes you to pursue your passion and pursue your purpose. I really hope it does because I feel like there's a lostness with people now. If it be for Black Lives Matter and if he be for All Lives Matter and if you be for COVID-19 and if you be for personal things that's going on within your community. I don't even know what they are. You do. I don't. There's a sense of lostness that I feel like a lot of people don't know what they're doing. That's why some of them are doing the stuff that they're doing and don't make any good common sense at all, whatsoever. I'm not against anybody. You know that. I'm a kind of a liberated person in a sense. We have Republicans and we have Democrats. 
this is how I see people. You got nuts, and you got nuts, and in between you find some decent people. Okay, so as nutty people I've I've met are Republicans, are Democrats, are just people. Sometimes I'm also like dealing with the crazy people. That's the psychotic people. I'm sorry, I can deal with a crazy person. The psychotic people I don't want to deal with. I don't think you want to deal with. So I think we are saying the same thing, but a lot of us are confused. And some people know what they're doing, and they don't care they're hurting other people they can like they can care less who they're hurting or who they're grieving this is how they are and that's that's it that's why you don't put up with those type of people that's what i call psychotic people they enjoy it they look forward to it yeah or there's some people who are just that damn bored really 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 they want attention on them good or bad Cause they're so important. No, the fuck they not. If you're hurting people just to get attention, that's the wrong attention you want. At least to me, cause I don't want that shit. But um, I shared all this with you. Maybe you have some answers about art, about documentaries, about helping out homeless youth that I didn't have answers to, don't have answers to, still looking to have answers to. Um, Maybe you have answers about how to help people when you have went from one stage to another. A lot of people get the help and don't look back. And that's your life. You have every single right to do that. Some people are ashamed that they went through that. And I have to tell you, me talking to other people who've been through a lot has helped me to believe in something, to gravitate me to my next step, you know? So this is why I don't, not only do I not leave it behind, but I'm actually getting people off being homeless. I'll talk more about that later. This has been a long podcast, and I tell myself, don't do such a long podcast, but this is a very long one. Thank you for hearing me out, and I can hope I can hear about your art and what you do and what push you past your pain to passion so I think I'm going to call this podcast turn your pain into passion over and out Mm. one two three this is me hi good morning the time is 6 14 a.m. And I'm doing another podcast, if not just another podcast. We want to tell you the title. Today's title is I Am Not Homeless. Where is your focus at? I asked myself because I almost can't believe that this life I'm living is I'm not on the streets. It's been four years since that type of grief has, well, has been put aside for me. And some people say, well, you gotta live your life. And you know what? They're right. I do have to live my life. But I'm not homeless. Is the name of this title of this podcast. And grateful for the life that I live today. 
No one isn't perfect by any means or the stretch of the imagination, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not over it yet, meaning, meaning that I have to accept that there's certain things in this world that, well, is sad and unjust and fair, and I can say I don't have the power to do it, meaning that there's some things I alone cannot do, meaning things like that, um, that young little girl, me wanting to play rescue and me have been pursuing, advocating for her, me who have been fighting for this little girl, I'm so distracted by the chaos of the homeless community. See, to me, it's the human community, regardless of what people assume about these homeless people. I found out they have a different term for homeless people, which is transit people. But I think I've shared with you guys already that just yesterday I found out that, unfortunately, they get, and this is true, I don't talk about it because... No, no, I didn't think it was important to mention, but I'm going to mention it to you now. Yeah, I was um, a pen handler begging for money. On the side in the corner was a cup. And some days, some days, some of these tourists, because everybody ain't about doing the will of God, I have to tell you. You got everybody coming from all over the world. To Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, they ask homeless people, so-called beneath them, hmm, so-called lower than them, for six sad entertainment. They would have them do things for a buck. Uh, do something cheap for a buck. Now, it's not all prostitution. Please don't think that. I know it's the city of sin. That's the first people think, people think. But this man didn't die for something, something strange or some change. No, this man died. He was egged on by tourists who wanted him to swim in the Bellagio fountains and go across and back. Don't know how the man got in there. Normally their security is far better. Um, the one who reported this, he normally does a podcast on the things that's going on in Vegas, COVID-19. Um, and he's the biggest blogger. Yeah. He had a blog about that. It hurted him. And for him to come out and say this and that and the other, I'm grateful for that because a lot of times with bloggers and with the media, they won't even bring it up. He even mentioned that. He said, oh, the casinos are good for that. Something happened on the strip to a homeless person, and they won't even mention it. And when I say something happened, I mean death or get beat damn near to death. I don't know how. um, Yes, I do. Let me take that back. I do know how you are. What's where I'm looking for? Um, acceptable 
open, unprotected. It's a variety of words I have here. Unprotected, acceptable, unprotected to the word death or beat to death or torment of strangers <sighs> as a homeless beggar. And then some of us get this desperate mindset. I was, I've done done dumb crap for money because I'm homeless. So to make them feel good, they would ask me to say things that I normally don't say about somebody for six sad entertainment to get money. I've done that before. Not proud. I was sitting on talent, folks. I wasn't really aware. I was aware of my talent, but look here. In your first professional picture that you sell, it's a picture of the moon, a full moon. And people say, how did you get that shot? It was a red moon. It was, excuse me, it was a variety of colors. It was reddish, orange, almost like a fire color. But more, to me, it was more redder than anything. Depends on what angle I call it at. Oh, excuse me. I don't know why I'm burping this morning, but I am. But, um, the universe and all the things that are in it is really beautiful. And it's crazy how me as an artist had the opportunity to take those type of pictures. And I took it in the middle of the night. It had to be, like, after 8 o'clock. And it was so huge and big. I have to tell you, I felt almost as if I was a little ant, maybe. And this huge moon over, um, overwhelmed me. It glowed across the street from the shelter where I stayed before I got my housing, folks. Before I got blessed with my housing. And I would say that month of me living in... Jersey, back in Jersey, I had got confirmation that I was going to get housing. How did I get confirmation? I don't know if y'all believe in God, but I do. I don't know if you believe it. I'm going to go even further than that. I believe that God talks to people. And you can feel it. Now, I can't say I always trust that, that instinct part of me. But when I do trust that part of me, it's 100% correct. Anybody else understand what I mean by that part? That discernment is on the inside of us. It is. It's weird if my natural mind go what? <laughs> my natural mind wants to figure it all out. And there is where God belongs. And you and God belong. And I believe that happens in discernment. God give us this gift to allow to allow us to be aware of him and his will in our life. This is what I feel. This is what I've experienced. So I actually met a woman on the New Jersey Transit, okay? This woman spoke to me and she knew that I was homeless. And she talked about housing with a heart. 
and she talked about it and talked about how she's in the program and how she's in her own place. And I wanted to be a part of that. I needed it to be a part of that. Long story short, that's the program I'm involved in now, Housing with a Heart. And it's for low-income housing, and I didn't have to wait. Um, in all honesty, I didn't have to wait years before I got into housing. I was chronically homeless, and I got here in Jersey. People said, how did you get housing? I just believe God had favor on my life. Strange as it seems. So... I'm not homeless anymore, but my buddies, I do try to, I have helped homeless people get off the streets. Don't know exactly how to get a, a kid that ain't mine off the street. If you look at the laws and legislation, I'm going to have to look at the laws on that because I felt like this little girl shouldn't have to endure it, but the buddies, there are other kids out there. Yeah who, um, well, they are homeless. And their parents, their means of survival is quite bare, quite harsh. Mm. There are kids who go to bed without eating. There are kids who don't have a bed. It, It... I I get confused when I think about it a bit. In our backyard, in our backyard, we have children who grow up this way. And a three-year-old, to me, well, it's not fair. It's not just. And I try to hold in my tears and be big girl and talk to you, talk to all of you, but... I'm not homeless anymore, but I'm accepted that I can't help everybody, but it hurts when it's a child. It hurts even more. And then also I realized that some homeless people are not trying to get off the streets. They'd rather get a $20 bill. They'd rather just survive day by day. Some of them can't see past their mess. Some of them have been broken like that for years. And I understand that. I get it. And I get it because I was broken like that too for years. When you send a word of hope and encouragement, you literally send this. And I think the person has to be at a certain mindset and mind frame to be receptive to that, to where it could be reality in their own life. Let me give you a small example. Yeah, I missed the boat when I missed the boat. Y'all ever heard, don't miss the boat, Chuckler. My um, middle school teacher, Ms. Johnson, used to say that all the time. Don't miss the boat, Chuckler. Uh, old school lady. <laughs> Who used to make everybody laugh? <laughs> the point I'm making is, I, when I rationalize, talk about I missed the boat, is when 
Um, I had an opportunity. I had an opportunity to believe that I can get out of town and I won't be homeless anymore. I knew some other homeless backers, because that's the thing about us transit people. We all know one another. Yeah. We all know one another. We know our spots. Sometimes it'd be the same area, but like maybe, I don't know. I want to say a mile, but a distance away. Like on that bridge I shared with you where I used to panhandle. And that's the same place I received my miracles. So part of me says, don't be so hard on yourself about you being homeless. Because homeless in Las Vegas, Nevada, and everyone's on vacation. But that's the same place where I received my miracle. Some people go to Vegas and they hit big, and they hit for 50,000, 100,000, a million or two. I don't know them people. Do y'all know? I know like a couple of thousand, but like, you know, 50,000, it's a lot of money in my mind. That's that life-changing type of money. For a poor person, 50 grand is life-changing. Do y'all agree with me? So, yes, I gambled there before. Yes, I gambled when I visited to do my documentary. So, I'm really trying to get an understanding of what my goal is, how to pursue, how to go about it pursuing um, getting the right type of exposure to get my work published. Um, who will want my work? And this groundbreaking work, I think other people can learn from it. I don't think I'm going back to Vegas probably ever. California probably be where I, my next mission will be. I think if I can get an opportunity to go out to East L.A., I'm going for, I don't know if I'm going to stay in downtown L.A., I probably am, but most of my time is going to be in San Diego. I want to see, can I help the homeless in San Diego? And San Diego, as beautiful as it was, at Beach Corleone, where I was at, yes, I was there. It was amazing. Um, really good environment. Let's see how much the hotel costs on the beach. It's probably stupid expensive. But out of curiosity, if I just plan ahead, maybe years ahead, I don't know. For what I understand, California is quite expensive. But I'm realizing this heart that I refuse to let go of, I don't make apologies for going through my trauma. You know, I... I I actually questioned myself about my ex-husband and the stuff that he put me through. Even after the marriage was resolved, after I divorced him, it took me six months for the state to grant my divorce. And I, of course, they granted me my divorce. They actually granted it five months versus six. I did the math, folks. So talk about reasons to be grateful. And so many months later, this fool, yes, he tried to get me to get back with him because he needed somebody to take care of him. This girl, he didn't say that to me. He said what he wanted to do for me, how much he missed me. and You know, because he knew me. 
So he knew what the hell to say to me. But I didn't trust it. I couldn't trust it because I was living in fear for my life for some months before the divorce went through. And uh, feared it hot in hiding, folks. And one of his drunkard friends got in our business and went back and told him where I was on the strip. Then there he go appearing. Don't know where this this dog has been. Meaning, I found out in between him coming to see me and tell me how much he so called missed me that he was with other people. Yeah. These is what I was, and that person don't have a reason to lie. This is how I feel. Some people like us for the, you know, love of lying. But when a person who don't know me, but know him, and know some of our drama, she didn't know he was beating on me. She didn't know that he was using me for my money. She didn't know that this man would purposely, like, stand on me. What I mean by stand on me is, is, um... While he out there hustling on the strip, getting money, he would be in the distance watching everything go on while I'm penthouse on the bridge. Yeah. Not helping me. Me sitting on the ground. Me hoping someone pity me. Then I get enough money, and now we're off the streets. He's off the streets. You know damn well I wouldn't let him be on the street because I loved him and I'm a kind-hearted person. And a person that's a user think, oh, I got a dumbass. You can only fool people so long. You know? You can only fool people so long. I don't regret being caring to him. He should pity himself for being so mean-spirited. Because he lost everything. Now, four years later, about five years of being divorced, and, well, I'm grateful that's not my life anymore. Whew. I pulled my head back in almost in shock and, real, shock and relief that that's not the life I have to live anymore. Always on the run. When I'm not a criminal, when I'm never stolen from anybody, always on the run. I can see if I was stealing, killing, and doing things of that nature. I didn't deserve that, but that was the life that you receive when you are homeless. There is a price to be paid, folks, in this world that we live in, and it's hard. There's certain things that happen, I'm sure you can agree. That is really unfair. It's seriously hard. You don't even know how you made it. And for me as a believer in the resurrection, in that Jesus, who is the resurrection, mm, mm, mm. life to death, bringing life to death, me know how I survived it. Even in this COVID-19 spread that's across the United States of America. I was in L.A. I was in San Diego, California. 
I think that's a hot state. I think I was told LA is a hot city. Also, Las Vegas for some odd reason. Well, Las Vegas ain't that far from LA. Two hours, right? Not that far. Just like New York is two hours from Jersey. And it used to be a hot city and state. And I guess things are getting somewhat normal. I think I'm going back to work um, next week. Today is Sunday, right? Yes. This week I'm going to find out from my employer when we're going back and how are things going to be and the details of it. It's going to be, I'm sure, a lot different than what we are used to, but I'm sure we'll get through it because that's what we do. We people get through it, even though it looks it looks impossible. You got parents that have every God-given right to be afraid to send their babies to school because they're protecting their babies. But you know what? I get it. I get it. So whatever changes that need to be done, I'm 100% already on board. We don't make a lot of money as lunch ladies, but at least I'm working. You know, at least I get to see the kids. I get to see the new faces. I get a chance to know them. I look forward to that. It's going to be fun. I think so. I like to think they look forward to seeing me, the new faces, and the old faces. Because remember, I served pre-K to fifth grade. Never knew my life could be this good. As an artist, it's a struggle, a hard struggle, to figure out how to sell your work, where to sell your work, and stay afloat, pay your bills, all in one. Well, I decided to get multiple sources of income, meaning I work and I do my photography and now I'm doing documentaries and all this stuff costs money. Energy, money, effort all on my part, as well as the favor of God all on everyone else's part. <laughs> Those who are able to invest in me. And I talked to my mentor who's a She's a well-renowned artist herself. She does documentaries and film, film and documentaries, plays, poetry, um, photojournalism. That's her degree. She's traveled all over the world with her work. She, I met her at, at the library in Camden, downtown district, Camden, New Jersey. She has been a great inspiration and instructions for me. And it looks like I'm going to be a part of her website team. And everything is going to be online, of course, right? With COVID-19, I would call it an atmosphere. But we're going to get through this. I don't know exactly how much longer this country is going to go through this. But I just want to let y'all know that we're going to get through it. This is from the girl who used to be homeless. So the reality that I've accepted is that there's only so much I can do. And if I have to fight what, what that little girl is going through, I'm not a rich woman. I'm just rich at heart. And you know, that's a rarity, a commodity that money people don't possess. They lost it along the way. 
Don't know how they lost along the way. But I have to tell you, it's a struggle for me to keep. How is it a struggle? It's accepting myself and not confirming to what everyone else thinks. That's a fight in itself. And I've learned, since I've learned how to love me and see myself clearly and accept and embrace me, then I'm not giving that up for nobody. No man, no friendship, hell no. No business ship, none of that. In the world, sometimes I feel like the world really can't stand big-hearted people, cruel-hearted people. I'm like, I'm sorry, they'd rather for you to be cruel and cold and calculating like them. That's what I feel the world desires, and you do not have to conform to it. So in this podcast, when I speak about not being homeless anymore, which I am not, thank you, Jesus, I also talk about not conforming to this crazy-ass world. Wicked, cold-hearted people who let two, three-year-olds cry newborn babies. It'd be okay that they be homeless. You know, I'm still hurting by that, by that three-year-old that I've seen, that I have not seen, and it's been over a week since I've been back, so, yeah. Oh, boy. So, what am I going to do with this freedom, really? So, I'm in creating work that is going to be something spectacular. I'm looking at this beautiful, shiny thing that I'm creating. This detailed, I said a city was more like a park. I'm doing my thing, and I'm really excited about it. I look back on it, I look on it and go, dang, am I doing this? I get shocked how talented I am. You know, your circumstance, your situation can literally spark you, inspire you, encourage you to create. You know, the need for creation is something I feel like us creative people have a hunger to do. But we need to figure out how to make money off of it. And I'll figure it out. If my method wasn't working, I wouldn't make a penny. I've sold 421 items altogether. That's my new amount that I have sold since I returned back to my art. Have figured out how to sell my video just yet. Not yet. I'm enter some contests. I'm trying to get some ideas of what to do with this video. I got interviews podcast as well as um, video on the homeless academic with the people who now still uh, is a part of helping and assisting the homeless community. And that's their job. I think that's a bit awesome when you can have a job like that. Me who used to assist the uh, refugees in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, Me who assisted people from Kenya, from um, Asia, from Cuba, from Ethiopia. Um, I had the honor of of helping people on an international level, and it's so much good involved in helping refugees out. I don't know what your belief is, if your system of right and wrong, but um, 
it's amazing when you can be a part of that. See, I think about learning how to celebrate my accomplishments. And far too often I'd be so lost in what I can't do versus what I have done. And I've helped people on an international level. And I've helped them, again, I wouldn't say international, but locally recently is when I helped the homeless community doing my homeless, homeless in Las Vegas documentary and finishing that up. And I'm still finding info and finding different ways to create. I have poems that I've written about the homeless girl and the homelessness in Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, a homeless little girl was in LA, but the homelessness in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm going to I'm going to have poetry featured into my documentary. So I'm not homeless now, and I sit on my bed this morning. It is 6:45, and I do thank all of you who have attended this podcast. But um, I used to sit this way on the bridge. I would have my blanket up under me because it would get so hot. You know, heat and metal that's um, framed into the bridge where I was sitting, cement and, and metal is an instant heat conductor. That means it's getting hot in here. And you will be getting really hot really soon. So if I had a little blanket I could put on the, where I would sit at, I would have my sign, and people would come up, and pay attention while I sat in the shade for the how long the shade lasted. The high noon is 12, right? Where the sun is up high. But I have to tell you, by 11 o'clock, you want to not even be there. I dare to say 10 o'clock. I dare to say 9 a.m. Okay? That sun comes real quick. And um, I'll be there praying at 5 o'clock in the morning. For someone to come to help me. The great thing about all that is I'm not homeless anymore. My life is not in danger. But also, I would say this too I have a mindset to not put my life in danger to help someone else. And for that, I should be proud of myself. I shouldn't be so hard on myself. Sometimes I catch myself feeling bad because I have a place to stay. I know that sounds nuts, but I think about the rest of the world. But I said, this, I'm not a rehab center. I'm not a recovery center. I'm not a homeless shelter neither. I'm not food stamp, the state, federal government. I'm not any of that. I'm just a person who cares. And I don't make stuff. I'm not saying sorry for that. No way, no how. I feel like I can be a part of a loving change. And maybe I can influence other people to do the same. And I met some decent people being homeless. Can you believe that? Some people say the most mean things, cruel things about homeless. I think it's to teach them to isolate. I met some very kind-hearted people who were homeless like I. And... What we did is help each other back and forth. It was amazing. It was because you have these homeless people who are making choices to come together, 
to do something so we can survive. That's the crazy thing about being homeless is that we all are is a large community versus me. I'm not feeling I'm trying to tell myself don't feel bad if I have a place. But it is a large community of homelessness. But I think when you in a transit mode is what they're calling them now in Las Vegas. And these damn tourists that add people on to do crazy shit for money. Do I blame the tourists completely? No. Because the homeless person has the right to say, no, I'm not doing it. Because I was one of the homeless people that actually did that. Because I actually had, unfortunately, tourists, men, couples, who came up to me to wanted to do strange things. You catch me, sexual things for money. I got shocked that this young girl in Las Vegas on the strip told them no. And oh, I, did I say hell no? No, I don't even mean to curse, but I let them know is it's not, I don't play those games. I know girls who do play those games, but like that's not my deal. I have to live with me. I got too much of a conscience. I think some people who do that, um, it's a choice they make. It's a lifestyle they make, you know. And don't make them no greater than me or me no greater than them. It's just choices they consistently make. And they're not going to be in a shelter. They're not going to go through all that when, you know, sex sells. <laughs> but I, like I said, I got to live with me, so I don't want to look at me like that, being like that. So I've asked myself many times, how did I wind up in Vegas? Well, y'all ain't got time for all that. Y'all stuck through this 35-minute segment. So I'm just going to leave it there and be proud of myself. So this is more a moment of reflecting on how far I've came. And I am thank you for all those who've been listening and supporting me. And um, I look forward to creating more art. Like, I got some Marilyn Monroe pieces. Yes. I got a Marilyn Monroe picture that I took of Marilyn. It's a, it's a slot machine in Las Vegas. It's actually really pretty. Of course, it's Marilyn, so it's going to be spectacular, right? So I took a picture of that, and it actually came out really good. I actually made refrigerator magnets of them recently and got pictures developed. So I think people are going to like that picture. I think they might want to purchase it from me. See, my job is to figure out the minds of people before I even meet them. (laughs) The minds of people, what they like and what they don't like. This is why I put up images for your viewing besides the fact I enjoy sharing. I want to hear y'all opinions. So you know what I want to do? I want to put up some new stuff up. And I want to hear y'all opinions. Thank you for hearing me out. This has been a Mika I'm Not Homeless Tamika Michelle podcast over and out.